Welcome to Stunt Stories. I'm Corey Eubanks, and you're not going to believe who I've got on as, it's even strange to say as my guest, because he's he's not a guest. He is my father. He raised me, <laughs> probably kept me out of prison. My dad, Bob Eubanks, thank you for taking time to have a, a chat with your son. My son, Corey Eubanks, it's my honor. And, and by the way, speaking of stunt stories, do you recall uh, taking your, your bicycle off the roof and landing in the swimming pool? Yeah, but you weren't supposed to know about that. Well, I did know about it. <laughs> yeah, the, the wooden shingles. Remember the wooden shingles? Yeah. was crushing them. Oh, uh, you were a stuntman at an early age. Well, well, yeah. I mean, you were you were strapping me onto some of the the, the calves that we had at Pepper Tree Ranch, and we were bucking them out and yep, oh, and riding XR seventy five motorcycles and jumping them and oh yeah, all the you know. And the other thing is, I, my I am so open about this to a lot of people. They ask, "Well, how did you start your career?" I said, "Well, my dad knew the executive producer on the Dukes of Hazard, and he made a phone call. It's called nepotism." <laughs> Paul Picard. Yeah, I mean, if it, if you it know was, what was interesting is Paul Picard was the uh, head of programming over at at ABC, and uh, when I did Newlywed Game, I was literally working for him, and that's how I got to know him. And then you got to know him, and it worked out just perfect. Oh my God! It just—I mean, what a—that was a dream come true for any young stuntman to be able to be on the. At the time, I think the Dukes of Hazard was the number one. A show on television. And yeah, I think so. Yeah, long line of stuntmen who were far more deserving than me to be on it, but because you had that relationship with Paul, I got on it, and my career took off because of that. So I didn't know if I'd ever said thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and I used to rope with some stuntmen, you know. Uh, I think Terry Leonard. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to remember names. I'll tell you, but, but, Walter Scott. Walter Scott, yeah. Now, wasn't that they were stuntmen also? Yeah, wasn't that out at Paramount Ranch? No, that was at, at Jeff Todd's Thunderhead oh, Ranch. Thunderhead Ranch. Yeah. Okay. They're in Canoga Park. You, you know, every once in a while, I'll be on a set and some teamster or some grip, someone will come up and say, "Hey, I, is your dad really Bob Eubanks?" I go, "No, I'm his son." And they, <laughs> <laughs> and they, and so we start talking about you, and some of them still remember. When you were a disc jockey on KRLA. And, yeah. And I said, did you know that because he was the number one disc jockey for five years on KRLA, he got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. Yep. And I got it right in front of the Egyptian theater where I got fired. Uh, I don't know if you remember that story or not. No. I, don't. I, I, was, I was working at the Egyptian theater while I was going to radio school. And one of my jobs was to clean the marquee. And you know how I am about heights and stuff. So anyway, I am cleaning the marquee way up high on a ladder with wheels. And these two guys came along, and just as they got to the ladder, they rolled me down Hollywood Boulevard, and I'm really yelling and screaming at them. But anyway, I go back up to clean, and pretty soon here they come again. Only this time, I'm ready, man. And, and when they hit the ladder, I put my feet on both sides and zoomed down. And I grabbed a little broom and I hit one of these guys right in the back of the head. <laughs> and as I did that, the manager walked out of the box office and he said, Bob, you're fired. Oh, my God. 
so I got even. I had my star put in front of the Egyptian right where I hit the guy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Now, yeah. other than, and most people obviously know you did the newlywed game. Was that for 23 years, wasn't it? Well, I did it off and on for five decades. Wow. Uh, you know, but I, I think, I think, Cork, I think I've done about 11 different game shows. Well, the, uh, yeah, there was Card Sharks. Remember that one? Yeah, but Card Sharks and Newlywed were my two favorites. Uh, oh, and, do you remember, remember the Diamond Head game? Yep. That, that was uh, really a piece of work, wasn't it? I had to go over to Hawaii and <laughs> it was ugly. It uh, was real ugly. <laughs> the, the other thing I brag about you is that you produced the Beatles concert at the Hollywood Bowl in 1964. Yeah. You know, if you remember, we had a, a, a couple of young adult nightclubs called Cinnamon Cinders. And Wednesday night was talent night. And so I would buy talent for the two clubs, one in North Hollywood and one in Long Beach. And it was Ike and Tina Turner and Chuck Berry and, and uh, Beach Boys and uh, Jan and Dean. It just, I was just buying a lot of talent. So um, I think it was on February the 9th, 1964, the Beatles did the Ed Sullivan show. And... Uh, 70 million people watched that night. Wow. And they decided they were going to tour America. Well, because I was a disc jockey and because I was a talent buyer, that gave me, you know, a little head up there. And, and I'd never produced a concert in my life. And so, but the Beatles wanted to play the Hollywood Bowl and I finally got them to agree and everything. But then I had to come up with $25,000. And heck, I didn't have that. So my partner and I, we borrowed money on that house and put it down and presented the Beatles at the Hollywood Bowl in 64. <laughs> Did, didn't they have a strange request? Um, was it like uh, white towels or each one? Yeah, white towels. And, and they and they wanted a TV in the dressing room. And I told them to get their own TV. <laughs> but, you know, I remember standing in the, in the driveway uh, at Hollywood Bowl, and this busload of marshals came in. I said, hi, guys, what are you doing here? He said, well, we're here to protect the houses behind the bowl. I said, oh, that's a good thing. I said, who's paying for you? He says, you are. So we didn't make much money the first year <laughs> at all. But we got real smart the second, third year. Cause, so you, you, you produced another Beatles concert, is that right? Well, I did the Hollywood Bowl in 64. I couldn't get them to do two shows. They would only do one. And then they wanted to do the Hollywood Bowl again in 65, but I, I got them to uh, do two shows. And uh, But I'll tell you what it did. You probably don't remember this when you were a little guy. Uh, I went to KRLA because the Beatles in 64 made KRLA number one. So I went to KRLA and I said, look, let's make it KRLA and Bob Eubanks present. And they agreed. And I said, I want a hundred grand. And they agreed with that too. So I made more money in the Beatles did the second year <laughs> and the third year. <laughs> Is that the record cover that has, it says the ticket stubs on it? Yeah. Uh, well, there is one of them. They, they would only let me charge all three years. They would only charge three, four, five, six, and $7. Because their manager, Brian Epstein, which is crazy, said he wanted the people to save their money so they could buy albums. Now, <laughs> hmm. They they gave up 
a ton of money by charging that because I could have gotten much more than that. And in, in fact, you know, I think three years ago, McCartney played Dodger Stadium for two hundred and fifty dollars a ticket. So wow! <laughs> and didn't you but, al- didn't you also yeah. produce the Rolling Stones? I did the Rolling Stones uh, in sixty. Yeah, two years, 64 and 65, down in Long Beach. But Jagger and I didn't get along very well. And the first year, I paid him $4,500. The second year, I paid him $20,000. Wow. But uh, Mick Jagger and I, he, he was a little difficult for me to get along with. But that's all right. I, I just wanted to make sure that I'm accurate because, I, 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 like I said, I talk about you a lot when I'm at work and people that, you know, when they find out my last name and they want to see if they <laughs> Any association? Let me tell you the two acts that I had trouble with. Number one was uh, uh, Elton John. Oh, no kidding. I had, El- yeah, I had Elton John in Las Vegas, and I had 8,000 kids in the auditorium. And this guy came floating up to me, and he says, we've got a problem. I said, what's your problem, dude? He says, Elton hates cops, and he won't go on the stage unless the- if he can see one in a uniform. I said, you've got to be kidding me. He says, nope. And so anyway, I went to the Las Vegas police and I said, do me a favor. Would you guys just kind of disappear and try to get this jerk on the stage? And uh, they did. They were nice enough to do it. But when he came off the stage, I had five of them at the bottom of the steps waiting for him. (laughs) Dressed like cops. (laughs) Oh, they were cops. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you you got me. I I didn't know if you produced it at at the Dodger Stadium. But I remember now. Yeah. Is that the one you produced? Yep, sixty-six. Did you go to that one? Wait a minute. No, I was in high school. Or I mean, junior high. I was in junior high, and you got me like a, a dozen tickets or something. But they were for the for the Beatles. No, no, for for Elton John. Oh, for Elton John. Oh, and yeah, and well, I, that, yeah, and, and my my best friend in school and I, we we've you know invited all of these girls. And, but as soon as we got in the gate, you know, at this, at the Dodger stadium, they all just kind of disappeared. Yeah. That wasn't mine. I just got the tickets for it. Yeah. Uh, because the guy at Dodger stadium was a friend, the ticket guy. That's what it was. Yeah. And, and then but, a lot of people don't know your whole, uh, your, your, your business of putting on concerts with, with Merle Haggard and all, and your love for country music. Well, in 1971, uh, I think it was. I got out of the rock and roll business because the whole San Francisco drug thing was coming in and I didn't want to deal with it. So I, you know, I was loved country music, you know, that. And, and, and so I just went to Merle and I ended up producing all of his concerts for 10 years. And he and I never had a crossword. We just got along so well. And I managed Dolly Parton for a couple of years. Wow. And I produced, uh, you know, George Jones and Tammy Wynette and Barbara Mandrell, all the country people. I enjoyed that a lot. You know, and it's also, uh, it's kind of a head turner to people when I, I tell them that, I go, yeah, my dad, he, I go, he was, uh, he was in the PRCA. He was a team roper. And they go, Bob Eubanks was a team roper? I go, yeah, he was a header. He was very good. One, one a couple buckles. and. Well, let me tell you something. If you, if, if my kids, meaning you, had to live off what I won, you'd have starved to death. <laughs> you know? But, you know, you do something that I do. I, I take what I know and try to apply it in other areas. And I think that's one of the reasons that I've been reasonably successful. Uh, so I, 
I knew about rodeo and I knew about horses. So I was then, I was then signed to do the television for the national finals rodeo and several other rodeos. And then when the Rose Parade came along, that really helped me with the horses too. You know, so my knowledge of horses helped me in, in a couple of areas. And yeah. People have, worked. people have mentioned that to me. They go, your dad knows a lot about horses. Because on the Rose Parade, you would talk about what kind of horse it was. and Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's lot, lot but of, I've, and I've had a great, I've had a great time. And I'm still out there plugging away. You've got some of the best stories ever, ever. I mean, not the, 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 the musical talents that you've worked with, the athletes that you've, you've, you've done events with and, I mean, from, and from radio and, and you, you and I together, we even produced a couple movies together. You've, you've done so much, <laughs> yeah. but it still, yeah, blows people's minds that I go, yeah, my dad was a, a, basically a weekend rodeo cowboy. And but I'm writing a book core. I'm writing a book called short stories about big people. And, uh, uh it, it, it's, it's a book full of all kinds of the stories that you were talking about. Well, maybe if it was big stories about short people, I could be in it because I'm short. Well, no, only <laughs> only Billy Barty would be in that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, didn't didn't you? I remember you telling me. I think it was it was it James Brown or was some classic artist like that that you were in the and guys were in the back of in a kitchen or something talking. Does that ring a bell? Oh, we, oh man, I was in the at the cinnamon center. Was it was it Chuck Berry? Chuck Berry. We were playing ping pong, and and he whipped my butt, and I and I said, "How in the world do do so good at that?" He said, "Let me tell you, man. I just spent seven years in prison. That's all I did is play." Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I guess you would get good at something for seven years if you sit there and just practice it. Yeah, so become good. So, so, at what stage are you on, on writing this book? Have you just started, or is it almost done? Oh no, I've got a hundred and seventy-eight <clears throat> stories written down, and I'm waiting for this guy to come in from Europe at the end of March, who can I think will help me get a publisher for it. Maybe I can get an advance on it. But I've got. You know, you name it, and I've got stories for it that happened in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and even some of the 90s. Uh, do you, you know, remember the actor Cary Grant? Yeah, I do, but a lot of people don't. Well, you know, Cary Grant was a big, big star. And I was over at uh, his house one night. Uh, your, your mom and I were invited over there, and uh, he said, I have to sit next to you at dinner. I said, why? He says, well, well. Barbara and I watch the newlywed game every night. Says, <laughs> Cary Grant watches the newlywed. He says, yeah, we're a real couple. I said, what do you mean you're a real couple? He says, we only have one toothbrush. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, you, I, you, you know this, I don't know if a lot of people know, but the newlywed game, it was on at what? Two thirty in the afternoon and then eight thirty at night, like five days a week. Yeah, we were on nighttime and daytime, and uh, you know, I learned a lot. I, I I learned how to make people talk. I I learned uh, that people don't want to know about you; they want you to know about them. That's interesting. And yeah. So when I walk into a meeting and I, with someone I've never met with before, I immediately look at on his desk or on the wall to see if he has any family pictures. 
And before the meeting starts, I'll say, wow, is that your son? How long has he been playing baseball? I'll tell you, it works every time. The meeting then goes really well because I was interested in him. That's a great thing to, that's, yeah, that's a nice thing to know. And and that's that's why I think, personally, that actors and uh, comedians have trouble uh, as game show hosts. Uh, the guy in the family, too, he's wonderful. Uh, but they don't, they can't stand anybody to be funnier than them. Yeah, they want and, to hog all the attention. Yeah. And, you know, and a, and a good game show host lets the format and the contestants become the stars of the show. Hey, do you remember the show you were hosting in, in Nashville? Primetime Country, wasn't it called? Yeah, Primetime Country. Uh-huh. Do you remember I came on that show with Eddie Braun? And Tabby Hansen, yeah. the stunt girl, and we performed that fake fight. Yep, I remember. And we yep. crashed through your desk on stage in front of a live <laughs> audience. Remember that? Yep. And then who who got who got cut? Was it Eddie? Somebody got cut by the board, and there was blood. And we're like, oh, I, I don't remember who got cut. Yeah, I think it was Eddie when we tackled through the. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, and the only criticism I ever had on the show was they want, didn't want me to wear my my uh, uh, PRCA belt buckle. <laughs> they thought it was too big. Oh, really? I thought it was kind of stupid. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you know, George. You remember George Jones, Tammy Wynette? Yes, of course. Well, they took. I used to produce some of their concerts, and, and they were so nice. But they took George's driver's license away from him. And his car away from him uh, because he was drinking, and and he got arrested on the turnpike. Wow! On on his riding lawnmower. <laughs> on a lawnmower, drunk on a lawnmower. <laughs> no, he wasn't drunk. He was just going to town to get a drink. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, who was that guy? That actor was it? Richard Farnsworth that did the whole movie driving a a lawnmower. What was that? Movie? I don't know about that. Yeah, he won an Academy Award, I think. And I remember, I just, <clears throat> yeah, you wow. were, when we, you and I, you were producing. I think it was Payback, the movie Payback, and we were standing in in San Inez across the street from the Chevron station, and you said, "You know who would be a great guy to pl- be the owner to play?" <laughs> Do you remember this? Yeah, you tell it. Go ahead, you tell it. Uh, well, I said, "Great guy to play that part is Richard Farnsworth." And I think 30 seconds later, he drives up. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. God almighty. <laughs> We're just talking about you. <laughs> I'll tell you one time, one time he came out of a, uh, a restaurant in Burbank and this guy comes sailing up in his car and he says, hey there, Tex. He says, how do you get to Encino? And Farnsworth said, how'd you know my name was Tex? He said, I just guess. Farnsworth said, then why don't you just guess how to get to Encino? <laughs> <laughs> he was a witty guy, huh? Oh, yeah. He was a nice man, too. Uh, now, <laughs> now, what what other, um, trying to think, other than Merle Haggard, and wasn't there another country artist that you were? Uh, well, I, I managed uh, Marty Robbins. For that's what it was, yeah. And, and Marty used to open for Haggard. And uh, Marty was a strange fellow. He was a little little difficult one time uh he was on and he came off and there was a lot of people backstage and it made him mad he said who are these people back there i'm sick and i said well i'll go find out pretty soon i came up to him i said uh, 
your pen brought them in, Marty. Oh, well, uh, they can stay there. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Uh, that's a fun cool, time. That, you, you produced a lot of concerts every year. Was it called Concert Express? Wasn't that the name of the company? Yeah, I had Concert Express <clears throat> and then Concert Associates. Uh, and, but when we, when we got out of rock and roll, I sold Concert Associates to the Filmwise Corporation and then opened Concert Express a couple of years later because I really liked the concert business. Fun as long as I was making money. Hey, how did you get? Is it George Jones that that Martin that D thirty five guitar? Yeah. How did you get that from him? Well, we were in Tucson, and uh, I said, Jones, I said, you know, I would really like to have one of your guitars. He says, Well, I'll just give you this one, and it was a Martin D thirty five. Oh man, I was excited. Problem was, he wouldn't give me the case. So I had to buy a ticket for it going home from Tucson, flying on the airplane. <laughs> Sitting in a seat? Like, yeah, oh. for, the, for the Martin D-35. Oh, my gosh. And and then I had a, let's see, I had a, no, I, your son has my 35. Yes, he does. He has it hanging on the wall in his living room. Oh, he does. Okay. Yeah. Still, I played that thing yeah. for a long time. It, it's, a, it's a nice guitar. It has a great sound to it. It's just really. Yeah. Well, Porter Wagner gave me a D28, but uh, it, it was uh, not in very good condition. I ended up selling it to the minister of the church we went to. So, hey, But well, I, I still have a couple of them. <laughs> it wasn't there. You told me a story years ago about Cher, Sonny and Cher, coming into yep. your radio station. Yep. Well, what happened was, uh, when I was working at KRLA, the record, the record guys from the record companies would come over and try to encourage us to play their songs and all of that. And, you know, uh, so Sonny Bono would come over and he would always bring this little dark haired girl. She was kind of cute. And she, she would just sit there and not say a word. And he told me that, that he and this girl were going to become big stars sometimes. And they did. It was Sonny and Cher, you know. Uh, and, uh, I don't, you know, Sonny, I think passed away. He got killed. I think. Or, uh, yeah. I think, Tahoe. yeah, I think yeah. he was, he was skiing and hit a tree or something like that. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you one. At KRLA, we were over there in Pasadena at the Huntington Sheridan. And there was a, a big group of steps and the girls would come and hang out over there to see the disc jockeys. And, but there was a guy that would come over there with a guitar and he'd sit and play and the girls would sing in the whole nine yards. And he was pretty good at it too. Uh, his name was, uh, Charlie Manson. No. Yeah. The same Charlie Manson <laughs> we're thinking of. Yeah. Whoa. That's scary. <laughs> That's I know. gosh. <laughs> Dang. Hey, you, you know what? I don't know how my girls got the bug. My twins, Josie May and Tanner Jade to do breakaway roping. You know, where they're now they're rope. It's yeah. like this new rodeo event. They rope calves. And then yeah. once they pull their slack, they just let go and, and the, it, it snaps loose from their saddle horn and this flag goes in the air. And that's when they stop the, the clock. Right. They couldn't believe that you used to actually be a calf roper. And well, I, I was, but I, w- I was a calf roper, but I, I got tired of getting off my horse and falling down. So I, I, <laughs> And, doing that. and back in, in that day at Thunderhead, I, I found a, a photo of you, a couple of them actually, and you're roping, calf roping. And, but on Roni. On Roni. On Roni. Yeah. 
But back then, you guys got off. Didn't you get off the left side of the horse and run under the rope? Yeah, I got off the left side and went under the rope. Yeah, uh, I was never uh, good enough at getting off the right side. But uh, yeah, just Todd and I, we used to rope cast. And it was fun, but uh, team roping was more fun for me. Yeah. yeah, we did a lot of team roping at Pepper Tree Ranch. Those are some good yeah, times. Yeah, you know, there's, remember James Kong, the actor, used to rope with us out there, too. Uh, and it, it was a lot of stuff, guys, also. But you were a little guy. You used to sit on, on my lap when I would sit on the fence. I've got a great picture of that. <laughs> yeah, those were good days out there. I used to catch lizards all the time when I was a little kid. Yep, but... Think about, Corey, think about what you've done, though. You you were in gymnastics. Uh, yeah, but I wasn't very good. Oh, come on. <laughs> I don't know of anything you've ever done that you weren't good at. You know, I, I mean that, you know. But I remember one time you were in a, in a race. You were taking track. And you were in a race at Agora High School. And you stopped and tied your shoe. And still won the race. And that was only I remember the, that. That was only the fifty yard dash. No, <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> uh, it's funny. As soon as you started to tell me that story, I'm like, I remember that because those were not yeah. those were not my <laughs> shoes. They belonged to somebody else. But I think that was like the thirteen twenty, or it was like three laps. I don't know, but you stopped and tied your shoes and still won the race. Yeah, that was just <laughs> us being cocky. Hey, look how fast I am! I'll stop here and have some tea. <laughs> <laughs> what else? No, you did boxing, yeah. gymnastics, track and field, roping, bull riding, uh, bareback riding, road bareback horses. riding. Yeah, those and, were, uh, those were great days. I remember one time I had no money. I think I was working at the Calabasas Arco gas station, and I had entered these two rodeos. And I'm like, and I knew we're, at that time I was following which bulls you know you knew what the number was, and that's, yeah. that's a good bull. That's a bad one. And I had no money. I remember you gave me five hundred dollars, so I could go to those to those two yeah. rodeos. Yeah. Those were some good good days. Hey, I'll tell you one. I remember when you were working at that gas station, and the Hell's Angels came in. Yeah, and uh, you uh, took care of them. <laughs> yeah, we had a great conversation. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, you sure did. <laughs> I, someday I'm going to write a a book like you about working at that Arco state, the weirdest things would, would happen. When, remember the, the, who was the guy who played Beretta? That actor, oh, Robert. Yeah, I know. He, Robert. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Here's my memory gone. Oh, me too. Oh. Robert Blake. Robert. Yeah. Robert Blake. Robert Blake. The guy who, who asked a friend of mine, who's no longer with us, but Gary McLarty asked him if he would kill his wife for him. And oh my God. yeah. And Gary's like, no, are you crazy? He goes, yeah, well, I thought you were crazy, See, but yeah, he would come oh, in wow. and, and sometimes in the little mini Mart and he would stand there in, in the corner and just like, watch me. Yeah. It, it was, huh? it, it was a weird, yeah, weird. And then the guy came in one time to try to get me to buy some hash or whatever it was. And they went leave and we had a little fist fight out by the pumps. And, and then just I, a little one though. Yeah. <laughs> hey, how many times do you and I have to go to court? Cause I got in fights at school. I don't know. <laughs> you know, they started calling me by my first name. Yeah, you know? Gosh. Now, I think everybody should know you went to Calabasas High School, and there was a football game, 
uh, it was uh, the students against the uh, faculty, if I recall. And you got you got in uh, in a tussle with a teacher. Do you remember the teacher? Jeff Hirschman, I think. Well, anyway, I so th- you know, he said, "Oh, come with me," and he took you out back, and he was going to whip your butt. And you whipped his, and he got up, and then he wanted to manage you. <laughs> yeah, I think that's who it was. I, I that was a long time ago, but I, I oh, sure was. Gosh, that yeah, Calabasas High. That was the first year that school opened up. We went yeah. there, and you had a friend named Willie Donahue, who got me in a lot of trouble. He, well, it's because <laughs> the, the, all of the lockers were outside, and they were metal, and he welded all of them shut except for yours and yeah. his. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's a big cheese in the Mormon church. <laughs> yeah. See, I ran around with some bad guys. This wasn't really me. I, I, I knew that I, I was driving you crazy going because I was always getting suspended. And, and I was, well, yeah, but, you never, never got in really bad trouble. No, not, not that, not that I ever confessed to, to you. Right. <laughs> that I knew about it. Anyway. That you knew about well, yeah. listen, I, I just, you know, I, I have been so blessed because you, you gave me an awesome, awesome childhood and upbringing. And I know I was a pain in the butt and you, you didn't give up on me. And I just, I love you so much. And I'm so appreciative for everything that you've done for me throughout my, my life, not just my career, but my life. And, and well, you know, I, I'm so proud of you and, and everybody ought to know that you and Denny McCoy Played with matches, locked in a chicken coop one time. Uh, <laughs> How did that turn out? That sounds like a horrible beginning. To it work. was. I had to run down and get you guys out. Oh, did it catch fire? It, it would have. Oh, you had matches and you were in the chicken coop. No, but let me let me back up just a minute. I am so proud to be your father. I am so proud, and I talk about you all the time and the things that you've accomplished, the things that you've done. And given me some wonderful grandchildren, and I'm just, I, I am so proud, and I can't believe that here I am, that little guy I used to change his diapers, we're now doing a podcast together. That's amazing. Everyone's just got a visual of me having my diapers <laughs> yeah. changed, but they're only seeing me as a grown man having my diapers changed. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I love you so much, and thank you for being on my stunt stories. Uh, I know we didn't talk much about stunts, but I don't care. You know, it's, it's, uh, it it was about me. I wanted to brag about my dad. So thank you so much. Well, I I love you. I love those little angels of yours, all three of them. And, uh, I'm just very blessed. I really am. Thank you, Corporate, for making my life really worthwhile. You're welcome. (laughs) I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. 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 Hey, everybody, thank you. This was a very special stunt stories for me, and I hope you enjoyed it.